Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the Game Misconduct Podcast with Don LaGreca. And welcome to the Monday edition of Game Misconduct. I'm Don LaGreca and Monday means the great EJ Raddick from... NHL Now on the NHL Network and can on the fly literally host on the fly as he did last night. So it just shows you how he is the jack-of-all-trades, master of none. That's what I've been called, yeah. so I'll throw it back at you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, gotta, I, I can throw a lot of pictures, none of them well. <laughs> <laughs> it's not true. I'm only kidding. You're very versatile. It's great. Yeah. So, Well, thank you. I, how, how did it go last night? Yeah, it was Oh, it went fine. I mean, it was a good night to be there because we had a story with one of our colleagues, Bruce Boudreau, who had been at the NHL Network for about a year plus now, and uh, he ends up uh, accepting the Vancouver Canucks coaching job. So we lose in the last 10 days. We've lost two analysts, uh, Jeff Gordon and Bruce Boudreau. So I guess for for Travis Green and Elaine Vino, if they want to get back into the league, I guess right. they should call us and uh, we'll, we'll get them right on the air. And you who know, knows? Maybe is, uh, so. TNT will lose Rick Tockett when it's all said and done. That's true. I mean, I was—I I, got to be honest with you. I—I uh, I was kind of surprised that uh, I guess I shouldn't say I was that surprised because it's kind of that's kind of Chuck Fletcher. He's not somebody that makes a lot of bold moves. Um, but yeah, I thought that the, I thought Rick Tockett would be would be the guy, um, and maybe he still will be. Uh, just because I think, you know, I like what Vancouver did because they're bringing somebody from the outside and change the dynamic and a new voice and a fresh situation. Philadelphia moving Mike Yo into that role, it's not really anything new. I mean, he's been there as part of that coaching staff with Michelle Therrien under Elaine Vino, and, uh, you know, it's more of the same. Now, they play tonight. Uh, they played last night and they played tonight, so maybe it's just a, a temporary circumstance for now, but. Uh, you know, I'll be curious to see what, what happens in, in Philly. But I, I did think, you know, I think they need a shake-up of sorts and they need somebody yeah. to come in that has a, a strong voice and can kind of, you know, get these guys, get get some get some jam out of this team. Because when I watch them play, uh, they just seem a little bit, uh, they seem lifeless at times. And, you know, that's not, that's not a formula for success in anything in life. No. And we'll get to Vancouver in a second because they blew the whole thing up with Benning being gone, uh, too. But specific to Philadelphia, and we talked about it last week's podcast about there's just being a disconnect with the coaching staff and the players, and that was kind of the theme last year, too. And, you know, talking to some of the people around Chicago who were there in town on Saturday, talking about what went wrong with Jeremy Colleton and what's gone wrong um, recently with the Rangers and David Quinn is that having a relationship with the players in this day and age, not just in hockey, but in all sports, is exceptionally important. And then that, that's not to say that you've got to be a doormat. It doesn't say that the inmates run the asylum. But what it says is that 
having that communication, that open dialogue with players is important. And the feeling is that Derek King has opened that up with the Blackhawks, certainly Gerard Gallant with the Rangers, and maybe we'll see whether it's uh, Tockett or Yo in Philadelphia, is that I think that is the adjustment. That is the difference of the 21st century athlete of making sure you have open lines of communication and a good back and forth with your players. Yeah, it's definitely a different world than it was when when we were growing up. I mean, I, I, I use the analogy that, you know, for coaches back in the day, I mean, they could use that same hammer to kind of hit every player. You know, they didn't have to. It was, it's pretty much it was cut and dry. Now I think you have to have the whole toolbox to deal with different players, all of whom have different personalities, and there are different things that kind of can uh, push them to perform at their best. And, and so uh, I think it has changed in that regard. Uh, yeah, players. Uh, you know, they want to have. Uh, they want to be taught. They want to. You know, they want information, and they, and and they. You need to be, I think, straightforward with them. I mean, you look at guys like, you know, Roddy Brindamore and and Daryl Sutter, for example. I mean, there's two guys. They're different. Daryl's been around a long time. Roddy's been in Carolina in the last couple of years. But I think they're both. They uh, have a high standard for what they expect, and, uh, you know, I think they're very straightforward and honest with their players, and I think, you know, that goes a long way. I, I think there's a respect for that. Um, so every circumstance is a little different, and uh, the mix of these teams, I mean, there's 32 teams now. 16 make the playoffs. Only one can win the Stanley Cup. Everybody's, uh, you know, obviously pushing for that goal, and, uh you know, when you have a circumstance like that, there's going to be teams that are going to lose their way and are going to struggle, and there's going to be a higher expectation level. Uh, you know, certainly in Philly, the moves they made in the off season, uh, there's always a, you know they have uh, you know a good roster of players. There's a higher expectation level than you know having the Tampa Bay Lightning come in and, and pound them into the dust seven to one. Right. Uh, you know, in Vancouver, the same thing. It's been going on for a while there, and they have some good players, but the expectations are high, and it hasn't happened. So. They make major changes, so uh, you know we'll see. With Bruce and Bruce comes in, Scott Walker as an assistant coach, new people to the situation. We'll see if they can make a difference. They got a bunch of home games they play tonight, uh, I believe against the LA Kings, and then they've got uh, they're in the midst of a six game homestand. I think they play like nine of the next ten or nine of the next eleven at home. So uh, you know that's going to be a challenge, and you know the same thing for. Uh, you know, in Philadelphia with Mike Yo or whoever comes in, if Yo was a short-term guy, is that uh, you know they've got uh, they're in the midst of playing five games in seven days. There's not a lot of practice time. They played uh, you know Monday night uh, you know, tonight as well against the Avalanche at home. So uh, you know there's not a lot of time for either of these guys to to kind of make significant changes. Yeah, and it's getting late early, right? I mean, we talked about American yep. Thanksgiving, but we're already going on uh, the second week of December here, and, and you start to see these lines. I mean, right now, you're Philadelphia. You're sitting seven points out of a playoff spot. You know, and yeah, and you, you're you're close to another bad week of, of, of being done. You know how many three-point nights there are. It's, it's tough to move in this league. And, you know, you dig yourself too big of a hole. That's why I could, we talked about the Islanders, even though they've gotten points in three consecutive games, still haven't been able to win. It's it's tough to dig yourself out of these holes. There's just it feels like there's a lot of time, but really there's not. No, there isn't, and uh, there's, there's the teams are so closely matched, and it's just hard to to gain separation from 
teams around you. I mean, uh, you know, with the three-point games in the NHL, uh, you know, that that kind of pushes everything tighter together, uh, you know, just by its nature that there's, there's, there's games where there's two points and one point and, you know, there's not a lot of movement. So uh, it's tight. And, uh, you know, I think, you know, there will be teams, and we've seen this over the last couple of years, uh, you know, St. Louis was at the bottom in January and ended up making a run and going on to win the Stanley Cup. Washington had its struggles the year they won the Stanley Cup. Uh, you know, so we, we've seen it in recent history just because, again, the league is, is so tight and teams that may not start great, if they can find their way and get on a little bit of a run and get in the playoffs, all of a sudden they can be dangerous. So it's not easy. The better way to go is to get off to a really good start and build a cushion for yourself and find your way uh, into the playoffs via that route. But uh, it's a tight league right now, and I think it shows night after night after night. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And then you see the surprises because um, you know, I talked about this in the last podcast where you start to look at teams that are outside that are usually in and the teams that are in that are usually on the outside and things kind of balancing themselves out. But you get this deep. You know, what, what if Detroit's for real? You know, what if Detroit is a playoff team? Well, that, that might mean Boston's not. Right, so like, not everybody can make the playoffs. There are, there are going to be some teams that fancy themselves as being pretty good that are just going to run out of road here. So I ask you: Is Detroit a team that can sustain? That can be for real? Because if they are, that means they're replacing a playoff team from last year. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if they can sustain over the the course of time. I mean, but there are, you know, this is a better team. There's no question. I mean, the, they have the two kids there. And Lucas Raymond up front and uh, Mo Sider on defense. I mean, those are first-round high draft picks that have arrived and are having mm-hmm. an impact immediately. And, you know, Mo Sider, he's a cornerstone-type guy. I mean, a big, long, lanky, right-shot defenseman. And, and he's got some good size, and he's a big kid. And uh, he's going to be a big man in this league. So, you know, those are important players. They've already got, uh, you know, the Larkins and the Petruzzi's and, and some other really good players there. They've added Nick Levy. They have a veteran like Mark Stahl to help mentor, you know, a younger defenseman like Mo Sider. They added Delkovich, who's still classified as a rookie, and you know, along with uh, Grice, and that solidifies their goaltending. I think they're playing a better system in front of those guys this year, which helps them. Uh, I know another former colleague of mine at the NHL Network, longtime NHL player Alex Tangay, is on the bench now with Jeff Blasio. He's an assistant coach there. I think Alex brings a world of uh, of information and. Uh, offensive uh, savvy to the bench. And, uh, you know, I, I think they're definitely pushing in the right direction. And if you're the Detroit Red Wings to be playing meaningful, meaningful games, you know, after uh, March 1st would be awesome. And, you know, if they can get into the playoffs, which, again, I think will be a challenge for them, but if they can get in, I mean, that accelerates their rebuild dramatically because now you're playing the playoff games and it'll help those young guys moving forward. But, uh you know, I think we got to see a little bit more, but uh, I would say this on a night-to-night basis, boy, they're going to they're going to continue to gain confidence, and we've seen that happen with young teams. 
you know, I can go back to remember the Capitals team that Bruce Boudreaux, ironically enough, came into um, and took over for Glenn Hamlin back, I guess it was in 07, 08, and really, that team really took off, and they had a lot of good young players, and the Red Wings are kind of remind me of that a little bit, but I don't think they have quite enough yet to, to sustain it through an 82-game yeah. season and get to the playoffs, but, but time will tell. I mean, the league changes fast, as you know, Donnie, and... Uh, you know, this is a this is an interesting group to watch now and moving forward. Yeah, and so you look at a team like Boston. They've only played 21 games, and they've got four games in hand on Detroit. So these are the things that you look at, like moving forward. But like a Ranger team that's been on the outside looking in for the last four plus years, I think they're in. You know, I think the way that they're playing right now, they could play actually even better when you consider they're not getting a ton from Zabanaj. And I don't know if they're going to compete to win this division. But they now are a team that maybe you weren't 100% sure that I think through 23 games or so, you are sure. So that's where you have to be concerned if you're the Islanders. You have to be concerned if you're, um, you know, like we talked about with Philly, because the, there's just not going to be enough spaces for you. Because if Detroit does fall out and you make a case they could, I'm not sure the Rangers will. Yeah, I mean, the Rangers, I mean, they've gotten off to a terrific start this year, and uh, they're finding ways to win on a night-to-night basis, for sure. And early in the year, when they weren't playing maybe their best, and they're kind of uh, trying to figure out, uh, you know, where they were in Gerard Gallant world, so to speak, uh, you know, Igor Shesterkin was there to bail them out. Now he's dinged up a little bit, so this is going to present a little bit of a challenge for the Rangers, because they've leaned on him a lot. Um, But... You know, that's part and parcel of an 82-game schedule, and it's good to have adversity along the way. I mean, the Rangers have built a nice cushion for themselves. We'll see how things go over the next, you know, 20 games or so. But, uh, you know, it's, uh, I, I like their group right now. And, you know, again, I mean, my only fear for them is they've kind of skipped through this first 20 games, and they've 20-plus games, and they've had very few bumps in the road, really, from my perspective. I'm sure the people like yourself who are on the team on a day-to-day basis see, you know, different challenges and different things that have come along, but it seems like they've been, uh, you know, they've really yeah. had a, a, a good first two or three. No, they a have. lot of things have gone right for them, right? So, you know, we'll see how things play out. I've been really impressed with Chris Kreider this year and, and where he's at in his career, and he was someone always where the you know, the mountains were high and the valleys were, were long and deep, and uh, he's had much more consistency in his game, and he's just kind of a – he's always been a, a man-child of an individual as a young guy, and now he's kind of matured into, uh, you know, a real leader within their group. So, uh, you know, that's a good team. And uh, I'll be curious to see if they, when they match up with the other really strong teams. I mean, they played – they've had some tough games with – with the Calgary Flames this year that didn't go their way. They had, you know, the, the kind of crazy game with the Edmonton Oilers. They've had some good games with the Leafs. I mean, those are the games I'm watching for the Rangers as they play the better teams in the yeah. NHL. You know, how they match up when they play Washington again. Washington's a, a really good, strong team. The Carolina Hurricanes, obviously a good, strong team. Those are the ones that you want. Those are the measuring stick games. You know, to see how the yeah. Rangers, uh, you know, what, what's real about the Rangers this year. There's been a few. They lost to Washington, but that was the first game of the season. The two games first against game Calgary, they just do not match up well with them. They did beat Florida, um, so they had, you know, that. And, you know, I, I yeah. they have faced some adversity. Obviously, with Shesterkin being out is probably the biggest, but losing Sammy Blay, 
Uh, not getting much early in the season from Lafoniere and Kako, although that's changed a bit. Now they've got three legitimate lines with with, with a gem in Gauthier. And that, that's a player that you just need to see all the time, EJ, to really appreciate. The kid can skate. He's never really been given a chance other than a fourth-line player where he's been. And now this coaching staff's given a chance to play with some skilled guys like Lafoniere and, and Heedle. And you're starting to see that he's somebody that you probably didn't even have on your radar that now is looking like a guy that can play. And then that's what kind of surprises me about this team is that you're getting like a lot of production from places that maybe you didn't necessarily think you would. I, I didn't think that Kreider would have 16 goals. You know, I didn't think that Truba yeah, yeah. and Miller would play to the level of a top pairing in this league. You know, that Nemeth would be like among the leaders in block shots. These are the things you need when you're going to surprise people and be better than you think. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, just like uh, I don't think people thought Lucas Raymond was going to come in and have, you know, 20-plus points for right. the Red Wings. I don't know if people thought Mo Sider was going to come in and, uh, you know, be as effective a defenseman as a, as a rookie as he has been so far. Uh, I didn't think anybody, you know, you think about Troy Terry in Anaheim. I mean, he's been among the leading scorers. Who, who saw that coming? That in this year. I mean, there's a lot of things that happen to teams that play well. Um, that, you know, things go right. And that's been the case with the Rangers. I mean, I think on the flip side, right, you know, nobody expected the Islanders to lose several guys to COVID and uh, nobody expected, you know, Brock Nelson and, and Ryan Pollock to be injured and be out at critical times for that team. So, I mean, there's, a, there's all kinds of things that happen over the course of an 82-game season, especially when you have, out of those 32 teams, there's two or three at the very top where you really – they really have it together. There's two or three at the bottom who you just know are just rebuilding and are and struggling. And then after that, I would say there's 20-plus teams that really there's not a lot of different things that separate them except performance on an individual year on a night-to-night basis and injuries and, and different things that take place during the course of the season. And You know, again, I go back to the Blues only a couple of years ago. Once they found Jordan Biddington, he was the missing piece. They took off. You know, they had done a lot of good things in their game. So uh, is there going to be a team like that this year? Hard to say. But, uh, you know, there's a, this league is close, and it's just gotten closer, I think, over yeah. the last, uh, like I said, over the last 10 years. So what does uh, Vancouver do now? Uh, Bruce Boudreaux, the guy, I guess, for the rest of this year and next year. But who's the new general manager, and what's the long-term prognostication for what the Canucks are going to do. Well, I mean, I think the Canucks, it's not an awful situation to go in. I mean, they've got some really high-end players in terms of the, you know, Pedersen has struggled since he came back from injury this year and, and has not quite done the same play, although there's some signs of light, of light lately. I mean, you know, Horvat is a leader there. JT Miller has played very well, but what's his situation moving forward contract-wise? Um, you know, they have a young kid in Vitaly Fatkolzin who was a high draft pick who's mm-hmm. kind of making an impact there. Uh, Quinn Hughes on the back end. They've got a good goaltender there, Demko. I, I, I just think the biggest thing for Bruce to do is he's got to get those good players playing really well on a night-to-night basis. They need to have Patterson be the guy that he was a couple of years ago, and so he'll be kind of charged with trying to make that happen and get him into situations where he could succeed. But I think the real problem for the Canucks is that they're just not tough enough on defense uh, it's a light defense. Even their bigger guys, like a Tyler Myers, are not physical players. 
and hard to play against type of players. So I think that's the area where the Canucks have to improve. They just have to be better in their own end. And, you know, I think that's a personnel question and they're going to have to try to figure that out. Whoever the next general manager is going to be there is, is going to have to figure that one out. But in the short term, I think Bruce is there to kind of, you know, to bring some sunshine into a, into a room and into a team that's had a lot of darkness. When you think about the last 12 months with the issues they've had and going back to last season in terms of, COVID issues and bad play and struggling and chasing the season and chasing games. Bruce is there to kind of bring uh, some sunshine into that uh, group. And uh, he's had a lot of success uh, with different teams in this league. And he's had a lot of success in, uh, you know, in getting teams back on track. He went into Anaheim, helped that team turn around. When he got to Washington as a first-year, first-time NHL coach, I mean, what he did there that year was was incredible with all those young players. He knew them from Hershey, and they really got going in the right direction. I think he did a pretty good job in Minnesota in a lot of ways, too. But when you change managers, I think it was time for a change there, and Billy Guerin wanted someone different. So I'm happy for Bruce, having gotten to know him. But, uh, you know, I think that's the challenge for Bruce there. And he's coached 984 games, so I'll have a chance to coach 2,000 games plus now, and I think that means something to him. And, uh, you know, you look at his win-loss record as an NHL coach in Washington, Anaheim, and Minnesota. It's pretty darn good, so we'll see how he makes out. Of yeah, I'm happy for him, and you're right. He's got a great personality and very funny, and I think they're going to they're gonna really enjoy him in Vancouver. I think the players will like it, and I don't know if it's enough time to save this season, but certainly get them back on track after a couple of tough seasons for them. I know you really got up against it. We did it a little bit later today than usual. I know you got to go to work. you got lots to do. So I thank you for giving us a couple of minutes. Man. Hopefully something. we can connect There's tomorrow, uh, next week. You got it. Anytime, my friend. All right, we'll talk to you next week. All right, that's the great EJ Raddick throwing a lot at him. He had to host on the fly last night. He's doing NHL now in a couple of hours from the time we're recording here. It's a little bit after 1 o'clock Eastern time, but uh, I was, he was able to get us a good 20 minutes and all the things going on with Elaine Vigneault and Michelle Terrian out in Philadelphia uh, with the uh, the blow-up in Vancouver and just so much kind of discuss. It's it's so much fun. This 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 season to me has been so much fun because you're getting to see different teams. I mean, this weekend I got to call a game against San Jose, the game against Chicago. We haven't seen these teams going on two years. You know, we were seeing the same seven teams last year, a 56-game schedule. Um, so many games were being postponed and with, with COVID. And it's kind of happening here with Ottawa and with the Islanders having to postpone games. But already tonight, uh, that Ottawa team will get a chance to make up one of the three games that were postponed when they'll take on the Devils tonight. We'll go over the schedule in just a little bit. But things a little bit more consistent, things wide open, great stories, different teams playing each other, different, different teams that have not really been in the conversation, now in the conversation, like what's happening with Detroit. Minnesota has risen to be one of the best teams in the the NHL out west. San Jose has been a nice story. Anaheim has been a nice story uh, so far. So um, just really great things to talk about, and it's been a lot of fun. So, I mean, I had fun last year because we had a season when it didn't feel like we were going to have a season um, coming off of the bubble uh, and then eventually getting fans back in. Um, and it's not 100% back, but it's as close as we've seen in the last couple of years, so we're having some fun with it. Wanted to finish up with a couple of tweets here. Uh, Haywood TM says, with AV getting the axe before Christmas, what's next for Philly, and who is on the hot seat now? Well, next for Philly, I think, is going to be Rick Tockett. We talked about it with uh, EJ. As far as like what's next, I mean, they've, they're, they're kind of set management-wise, 
But there's a lot of things to overhaul there. Now, they've had their share of injuries. They went out and got Ellis. He hasn't been able to play. Uh, Hayes has only played in a handful of games. Derek Broussard has been out for a while. So they've got injuries to deal with, too. But you know, clearly, this is going to be another year out of the playoffs, you would think. Uh, unless they're able to get either Mike Yo or if it is eventually Rick Tockett to kind of th- turn things around there. But, you know, they're getting a little long on the tooth now when you take a look at, uh, you know, Giroux has been in this league for a long time. Couturier's been around for a while, too. Van Riemsdyk. I mean, these guys are starting to get a little bit older, and they kind of reached, I think, their peak in a lot of ways. Now, I think the goaltending is still very good. I think... Uh, uh, I, I think Carter Hart is the future of that franchise. I do. Um, he ca- probably came up a little bit earlier. I don't think goaltending has been their problem. So that's that's a step in the right direction there. Jimmy Berger says during the 2014-15 season, Henrik Lundqvist was out for a month late in the season due to an injury, and Cam Talbot stepped in and played tremendously. If Georgiev does something uh, comparable, I think it would really boost his trade value. Your thoughts? Well, clearly... This is an opportunity. Um, one door closes, another door opens, right? So as tough as it is to see Shesterkin go down, and hopefully it's just going to be for a handful of games. He's on IRR for the next week, and he may just miss these three games. But it's an opportunity for Georgiev. His stock has really gone down last year and early portion of this season uh, to play well. He made the nine saves to finish up the San Jose game. I thought he played well against Chicago on Saturday night. I'm assuming he's getting the nod in Chicago tomorrow, and we'll see if um, Huska then would play against Colorado or whether they'll just ride Georgiev uh, for the rest of the week because they'll play the back-to-back games on Tuesday and Wednesday against Chicago and Colorado and then they'll play Friday against the Buffalo and then Sunday against Nashville the day that he would be eligible to come off IR not sure if he will but maybe you ride Georgiev he hasn't played a lot he t- talked about how tough it's been not playing so this can be that opportunity for him um, to really just you know prove that he can be a number one goaltender and raise his value or at least somebody that the Rangers can have faith in playing uh, for Shesterkin for the rest of the season. So it is a, a clear opportunity for him. Uh, John says, with the current state of the Islanders, do you think Lou Lamorello's job may be in jeopardy? He already has had one of the oldest teams in the league, and he doubled down by bringing three more over 30 years old. You know, Paul Mary from last year, bringing in Parisi, bringing in Zidane Ochara. Listen, it's so difficult to judge the Islanders, but I will say this. This team is flawed. All right, we could talk about the injuries to 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 Nelson. We could talk about the COVID situation, the 13 consecutive games to start the season on the road. But they are really struggling to score goals. I mean, they're, they're missing Nelson. They're missing Sezikis. But still, there's enough potential scorers there that they should be able to get things going. I, I think something's going on with Barzell. He's not shooting the puck. He had open nets last night. Didn't finish. Uh, they did get the Dobson goal with less than three seconds to play to at least get a point. And they've gotten a point in three straight. But having one in 11, you know, 08 and 3 in that span. And time is starting to run out on them because they're so far back. But, you know, they didn't play great on the road to start the season when they were healthy. Uh, so I don't think Lou's in jeopardy because he's he's a proven commodity. Uh, Trotz is a proven commodity. But, you know, this could end up being a lost season for them. And, and I guess there's enough there to kind of chalk it up to the COVID situation and the road and all that. But let's see. I, I think Lou will pull off a deal. I don't think he's going to go quietly into that good night. But to answer your question long-windedly, I don't think anybody is in uh, kind of jeopardy of losing their job. Uh, Steve Rosinski, one of our uh, biggest fans, says, no question today, just a statement. Georgiev has the biggest chip on his shoulder, and now he's finally getting some playing due to injury. Rest up, Igor. 
um, time to shine, Georgie's time to shine, but we may never lose a game again. Uh, listen, there's going to be times, okay? Because I, I feel like I'm nitpicking the Rangers because I call their games. This, this this team is not perfect by any stretch. I mean, they still went through their lulls. Uh, I thought they were very, very fortunate to win that game against San Jose. They just got nothing going offensively. The Sharks just couldn't capitalize. Um, and then you look at the game against Chicago. Um, there were lulls there as well at times where maybe a better team would have been able to take advantage of it. And EJ makes a great point, too. They've only played Washington twice. They've yet to play Pittsburgh. They've yet to play Carolina. Only played Florida once. You saw what happened with the games against Calgary, who's an elite team in this league. So it, it, the tests will come. And I, I, I honestly think that as, as, as happy as I am with their play, I don't think this is a team that's going to compete to win this division. This is about just believing that they can be a playoff team, and I think they are. But listen, they're going to face their share of adversity for sure. Uh, they're going to need more from Zabanajad. I don't think Kreider is going to score 60 goals, so I'm sure he is going to go into a bit of a drought here. Just law of averages. He's never scored 30. He's on pace to score 60. So maybe this will be his coming of age, um, this this coming of age of, of his career, but there's still going to be probably a lot more games he doesn't score than does score. They'll need more from Heal as well. So there's a lot to kind of get into with this team, but still, I think you have to be very happy. They're a team that's a point out of a playoff spot with games in hand on Washington. That's pretty good. Brett says, New York Rangers have been playing outstanding. Seeing Igor go down made uh, again made me cringe. He has gotten injured a lot for a short time that he has been here. What can the Rangers do to make him less injury-prone? Is it a problem? Georgiev was solid against Chicago, but lots of questions on him. Yeah, clearly. But, you know, the, the, the Shesterkin stuff's interesting because it did seem like it was a pre, uh, um, pre-existing condition, and this is not the first time that he has gotten hurt. So he does not look like somebody who's going to be playing north of 65 games a season. That's why it's so important to have a quality backup. That's why if Georgiev can prove himself, they may not be that quick to trade him just because of the injury history with Shesterkin and the fact that you're going to want to play your backup probably around 25 games, and that means not wanting to throw those games away. The 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 days of Grant Fuhr and you know Marty Brodeur playing 79 of the 82 games are over now. You're going to need the a lot of work but I'm sure it's something that they're going to keep in consideration and hopefully still young enough to kind of get over some of these injury yips that he's had so far so we've got uh, some interesting games tonight we mentioned the Devils will get their makeup game with Ottawa tonight at seven o'clock New Jersey's dropped three in a row haven't won since giving Hughes the extension Flyers will see if they can get back on track with the coaching change Mike Yo takes over on an interim basis take on an avalanche team that's just they're not getting any goaltending they're just giving up crazy amount of goals but they fought back to at least get a point in Ottawa they got crushed by um, Toronto and I I gave you that over by the way uh, last week and hopefully you cashed in on that Uh, Ducks and the Washington Capitals congratulations to Alexander Ovechkin goal number 750 the other night as he's closing in now just 16 back to tie uh, the great Yarmir Yager for third all-time in goal scored. He's having a phenomenal season with 20 goals. 8.30, Dallas, they're back on track. They'll be home against the Arizona Coyotes. Kings and the Canucks. So it's interesting, both teams with coaching changes will go right to work tonight. And then Pittsburgh continues their western swing. They'll be in Seattle to take on the Kraken, who have played some much better hockey as of late. Again, a lot of work for them to be able to actually be the story that Vegas was their first year. But Seattle's played very well, uh, considering 
during their start. They're 5-4-1 uh, in their last 10, 20 points. They're seven points out of a playoff spot, but you know, kind of getting uh, back to order again. Um, so there's some pretty interesting games for a Monday. Usually Monday, the league likes to take a knee, but not tonight. We've had uh, plenty of games uh, to get into. So a lot of fun. Thanks to EJ Rad to catch us up on everything that happened with, with Benning and uh, Green in Vancouver and Elaine Vigneault in Philadelphia. And uh, just the general thoughts on what is becoming a, a, a pretty interesting season, getting deeper and deeper into it. The least amount of games played in the NHL are 20 games. So uh, we are now at the quarter pole of the season, and it should be a lot of fun the rest of the way. So we'll be back with you again on Wednesday. You want to reach out to me. The best way to do that is at Don LaGreca, hashtag Game Misconduct. We'll talk to you on Wednesday. This was the Monday edition of Game Misconduct. This is the Game Misconduct Podcast with Don LaGreca.